This is Retrospective Facilitation, a podcast for facilitators that want to make their retrospectives even more effective. Listen to industry experts, authors, and executives that advocate powerful retros, share their stories and insights on how to reflect, adjust, and become more effective. Welcome back to the show. In this episode, I will interview Gerardo de Lutzenberger, He's a full-time facilitator. He made a career switch from project management back in 2004. Gerardo is also a board member of IAF, the International Association of Facilitators. We interviewed two members of IAF before, Karen and Wipke, in episode 12. You can go to thisisretrospectivefacilitation.com slash e slash 12 to listen to that episode. Gerardo will tell us about his journey as a facilitator, different styles of facilitation, tips about affinity mapping, and the upcoming mentoring program that IAF is starting. Enjoy the show. All right. uh, Welcome back to the show. Today, uh, we have Gerardo. Would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us about the work you're currently doing? And what makes you passionate about it? Uh, thank you, Enrico. Yes, my name is Gerardo de Lutzenberger. I'm Italian based in Milano. Uh, and uh, basically, I'm a professional facilitator. So I just do facilitation work, which basically means uh, doing consulting work for companies and also quite a lot of public bodies here in Italy, but also abroad. I've been working um, in, in several different parts of the world and countries in this year. Uh, I'm also a member of the IAF, the International Association of Facilitators, and currently I'm, I'm sitting in the board of the association as Director of Professional Development. So I'm uh, <clears throat> coordinating all the programs we run about certification and more in general about the, the professional development of our members worldwide. Okay. Um, my passion from faci- for facilitations, it's, I mean, I, it just happened. I, I started to work as a consultant and then I found myself facilitating little meetings at the beginning in the framework of basically a project management of other things I was doing. And then uh, I, I really liked that. So I started to, to facilitate more and more. And uh, in uh, 2001, I quit my job. And I started to do this as a professional, really a professional, a profession for, for myself. So since 2001, I'm a, a, a facilitator. And in 2007, I did the certification with IIF. So I became a, a, what we call a certified professional facilitator, according to the standards set by the International Association of Facilitators. And so... Um switched from product management into facilitation when uh, what was the trigger that kind of made you uh, switch career track uh, well it was a combination of things uh, so from one side uh, I really wanted to to work on my own that was my my idea I really liked the challenge of working on your own and, and deciding what you wanted to do and follow and learn because part of my work, it's also, I mean, 
I constantly work for learning from from what I do and things. Then, then to be honest, I also was in love with the lady that is my wife at the moment, and she. I was living in another part of the country, so I wanted to move and stay with her in uh, in Milano, where I'm now at the moment. Okay. It's a facilitation so, love story. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna call the episode. <laughs> So that's that's, that's basically the story, and then and then of course you you also uh, I had the chance to meet uh, some people around along this journey, uh, which became my uh, my mentor and also in some way my um, how can I say my reference in this profession. So the most important is certainly Harrison Owen, who, who is the the originator of open space technology. Um, <clears throat> I have met him uh, several times. We are friends at the moment, and he has been really important in my journey as facilitator. Fantastic. And um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned like the community, and I saw you have an event called um, an online event, given like uh, current times with the COVID and all, called Facilita Twenty Twenty. Um, yeah. Is that part of the community in IAF? Yeah, I, I mean, I've been uh, leading the IAF Italian chapter for a while. And every year since I started to lead the, 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 the chapter that was in 2016, I've been organizing a conference uh, every year for the Italian facilitator community. And we call this conference uh, Facilita, which is basically facilitation and Italy. No? So it's Facilita altogether. And uh, we have been doing the conference for every year since 2016. And actually, in 2020, we hadn't planned the conference just because we normally we were doing the conference in October and we decided to move the conference to February in this year, which meant 2021, February 2021. Then when we... The, the the outbreak started to spread and um, we realized we, we are all locked down here in Milano you know we Mila, Italy is one of, it's the most heated country in the world at the moment <clears throat> so I, I just had the, the feeling that I should have done something for the community of facilitators here in Italy and for the the community of, of people that has grown around this conference so that, from that the idea of just doing this, what we call the Facilita 2020 COVID-free edition, uh, which is COVID-free because it's online, but also because they don't pay, while normally they just pay a few uh, <laughs> a few sum of money just to join. So it's it's an, a free online. And we run every Saturday. So also next Saturday we have one event. Every Saturday till the end of the lockdown, we will run the conference. What does uh, IAF offers to, to, to its members, to people that are interested in, in facilitation? Ah, that's a, that's a, a, an interesting question. Uh, <clears throat> because just to, to backstep, like I, I'm a member as well. And uh, after I chatted with WebK, I didn't know about it. And uh, I found it that um, there was like a world retrospective there. And that's how I think we got in touch because I was, uh, was going to run this event for World Retro Day. And through IAF, I got in touch with facilitators in Italy, yeah. you specifically. Yeah. Um, is that um, is there more to like the network inside IAF that people might might leverage? 
so I mean, it's it's a huge association. We we are uh, all over the world, and uh, this also means that we offer different things in different countries. Basically, if you are a member, you you have a basic offer from IAF. Uh, a part of the basic conference are of the basic offer are conferences that we we organize. In some countries, like in Italy, we have a, a national conference, then we have a regional conference. And for example, this year in October, uh, we we are planning, I don't know if we will be able to run it, but we have planned a global conference for so for 2020 in Sweden, just for all all the world join, gathering in one place. That, that was the idea, at least. And, and this is like, just to, to make sure uh, I understand the conferences, about facilitation, focused on facilitation. Yes, Is that yes, correct? yes. Uh, not not just only facilitation itself, but the, the focus is facilitation in more in general. And uh, uh, we 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 uh, the conference um, are for facilitators. That's the idea, no? or people that is looking at facilitation as an important tool in their in their job, in their work, ordinary work. The other thing is that we we also uh, run, uh, for example, in England, we have a community which is very active and they run uh, meetups. So they run almost every week a meetup. Uh, They are really very active. They they do a lot of things like this. We have a a mentoring program at the moment, which means that you can join uh, as a a mentee uh, this program and having a mentor which is a certified professional facilitator and you can choose your own mentor in a list of mentors that, that it's from all over the world again and uh, uh, you can join our professional development pathway which means that you can go through the different steps so we are we are introducing now i'm working to introduce the, the what we call the endorsed facilitator designation which is basically a designation that we are we have designed for people that is not full time facilitator but facilitation it's important in their job so probably i don't know a lot of people that is working in agile setting could be interested in this kind of certification then we have the certified professional facilitator which is a f- more designed for full time as an idea facilitator so people that is really in this profession okay uh what what if you want to know my my personal history with IAF because i think it's important also to see this is that i've been a member since 2004 of IAF and for more than 7 years i've just been a member I was paying my membership fee every year. I didn't attend to any conference. I did my certification in 2007, but nothing more than this, okay? And then in 2011, I started to be more active. And if you are active, uh, 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 I mean, you have the chance to connect with people all around the world. So just to give you an idea, last week I was in a, in a work cafe, online work cafe with people from... Uh, uh, Japan, uh, <clears throat> Malaysia, India, and you, you have the chance to talk with these people and share with them your practice and see what's going on in the other part of the world. And if you have the chance to be even more active in the association and serving the association, you have the chance to meet other facilitators. So, for example, my, my connection with the Agile uh, setting and, and the Agile framework comes from in this way because uh, I am also an assessor in the certification program. So I assess people that is 
trying to certify. And uh, in one of the assessments, uh, we worked always as assessor working pairs. I was working with this other assessor whose name is Ari Van Bennekum. And we always introduce ourselves and Ari in introducing himself to the, to the candidates, they just say, I'm one of the author of the Agile Manifesto. And I say, what's this Agile Manifesto, Ari? <laughs> Please, can you explain me? And then I discovered the word of Agile. So, I mean, that's also, it's a nice story. So I, my, my connection with Agile comes in, come from the IIF and in this very silly, if you want a strange way, no, no clue what, what was Agile, but I was working with one of the authors of the Agile Manifesto. Nice. That's great. Uh, I, I'm definitely in, in that phase. I signed up, I think, one or two years ago. I'm, I'm just a member. I haven't been really involved, but uh, I, am, uh, I saw the value, like I said, when I was uh, moving back from the US to Europe through IAF to find a community of facilitators of uh, dedicated to that. This is awesome. Um, so I think um, one of the one of the other uh, questions uh, I have for you is uh, around the the role of the facilitators. Sometimes um, we, we we talked before on the show about uh, the advantage of having an external facilitator. Um, what's your take on on that? When do you see an external facilitator? Uh, being a, a better fit or pro and cons? Uh... Uh, you mean in general or just in the Agile framework? I think, I think in general and yeah, maybe I... in retrospectives uh, specifically. So in, in Agile, we run those like weekly retrospectives. And one of the, uh, one of the things that happens is oftentimes the Scrum Master that runs retrospective. Yeah. And when, uh, when I was uh, coaching teams, is like, it shouldn't just be the Scrum Master. If to me, it's anyone who is interested in facilitation that wants to step up into that that role should uh, contribute. The whole team should always contribute. Uh, it shouldn't be for some people. I was in environments where, well, now is your turn to facilitate, and people don't want to do it. Yeah, and sure. I think that's, a, in my opinion, it's a bad idea because the performance was poor for because you can't force people to do stuff. Uh, but um, again, sometimes is something that uh, the team can do. Sometimes I suggest maybe find a facilitator from a different team and bring in someone external that maybe doesn't have the bias that you yeah. have. And then there is the other scenario where you have someone external from uh, from the company entirely. And I think thinking about retrospectives, when do you see fit for calling someone uh, external versus uh, maybe uh, someone internal and Scaling up. Okay, so so let's start. Uh, let's start from from a general um, the general idea. Okay, so the basically the general idea is that the facilitator should be neutral um, regarding the, the the content. So you don't deal with the content. You basically deal with the uh, the process. No, so your responsibility as a, a facilitator is to design and, and, and let's say manage or facilitate a process in which people have the possibility to, 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 um, to talk also a little bit upfront sometimes to say, to share things, but also to say things that could be difficult to, to say to others. Okay, so the idea, and why we do this, why this is important in, in some situation, it's not always useful or important, but it can be useful in, in situations where you, there is a, a lot of complexity 
you need to find a solution um, in a quicker way. And basically, you have no clue of what could be the solution. Okay, so if you have already an idea of what is what should be done, probably you don't need a, a facilitator. Just do it. Okay, <laughs> as, a, as a team leader. But if you have a uh, if you really have a uh, a, a real uh, issue about that. You don't know what what is needed. You don't know what is could be a priority. You have no clue of this. Then you need to consult the group and work together to make emerge in some way. No, the the answer to this question. So basically, a facilitator is someone that is asking questions to a group, but it's not having any answer to the question. And for a facilitator, each question it's important each answer sorry each 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 question is important and each answer is important because uh, you know, nobody uh, the idea is nobody knows the the true answer but all the answer together all the proposals together and combined can can become a better proposal or a better solution for what you are looking for okay so this is the general idea uh, of course uh, <clears throat> when I started to do this profession, it was in in in, in the nineties, and uh, I would say we we were living in a completely different framework. No, so I was my first job was to send fax, and I spent the whole day sending faxes to people, which seems uh, something of another era. No, at the moment, so it's just, I don't know. I don't know if people on the show know what faxes are. Exactly, exactly. So that's the idea. I remember once I I was called and they said, "Come, Gerardo, we can send an email to these people." So we went to the IT department and we sat all of them in front of a computer with telnet and we started to type these things with these string codes and. And, this, and I ask, what is this email? And they say, no, you just send one message from one computer to the other one. And I say, wow, magic. No? So, I mean, now we live in a, in a world in which uh, uh, collaboration uh, is much more common. I mean, it's, it's the rule. We, we do everything uh, working with others. And if you look to the students, for example, it's amazing. No, my 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 children. They when they do their homework now, they do the homework working with the other students. No, so they just work together. So the world has really changed in this sense. So the present we are used to to much more to collaboration, and in some way, what we call the facilitative leadership has spread as a as a competence it's a soft skill or, or you can also call it a hard skill that uh, you need in teams so also the way in which we lead teams has completely changed at the moment and and each one each uh, team leader and also the the the, the concept itself of leadership has shifted to a more collaborative approach and these sort of things uh, of course, uh, uh, if you are a team leader, you are part of the team and you are involved. So uh, in some cases, my my idea is that you can still lead the team using the facilitative leadership, I would say, and and managing this way the team. In some situations, like the retrospective, where you really need to understand what has been going on, uh, you probably need, as a team leader, to make a step in the team and out of the facilitation. So the idea is uh, uh, with Ari, when we work together, we train uh, 
um, we have a program we, that we call train facilitation for agilists in which we, we train people that is working in the agile world on how to improve their facilitation skill. And one of, of the, of the things we always say is that, for example, in a retro, you, the, the, the scrum master or the team leader shouldn't facilitate the retro because you are part of the team in that case. So you are just a, a member of the team as any other, uh, any other member of the team and you should call a, an outer facilitator, which is basically it's more neutral in regard relation to the team just to facilitate that kind of, of gathering just because it's a, it's an important thing if you really want to to give the people the chance to 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 work you need someone that is neutral it's not really into the conversation into the team dynamics that's the idea so call another facilitator if you work in a big company you can just call in another scrum master from another team just asking to this person to to facilitate and Rico, just to give you an idea, we we as a an, in the IIF, we we have this uh, this thing that is the core competencies, the facilitation core competencies, which is a, a very important uh, um, um, framework that has been developed in, in the years in the association from the work of facilitator in a collaborative way, in which we define six different core competencies that uh, uh, a facilitator basically should have, uh, and we use them to certify facilitator, no? And the core competencies basically are six different areas. One is the the, uh, the area that is connected with the client, so how you interact with your client. It could be an external client or an internal client. Uh, how you design a process, how you... Um, uh, manage a process okay with the group how, your ability to 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 help the group to reach a consensus on expected outcomes and then how you learn as a facilitator and how you practice practice facilitation with integrity that's basically the the, the areas in which we work so we use them uh, and i use them to be honest also in my work uh, as a uh, consultant also for example to assess if a company is able to move to an agile uh, setting okay we use those competencies just as to read the organization and what it's going on in the organization how people deal with internal clients what are the kind of meeting or process that have been designed what happens in the meetings all these sort of things nice i i love um sam kenner's book uh, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with that, and he's got like, uh, to me, it's been like uh, an enlightening uh, reading. Uh, was the first time I, I run into it, and I think he has like uh, the, the 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 role of the facilitator is to like encourage full participation, uh, promote mutual understanding, uh, foster inclusive solutions, and cultivate shared responsibilities. To me, when I describe the the role, that th those are things that encompass a lot of what it does. W one thing you called out is like how you learn, and the fact that uh, there's a growth mindset involved with it that you're not static. You are saying how you your career path grew, and um, um, always being curious about what we do. And that is probably one of the reasons I started the podcast about retrospective facilitation because oftentimes retros are seen as a a three column sort of activity where you put stuff in and it's very static 
And also, Rico, one thing you should be aware is that when you talk about facilitation, you're just not talking about one thing that is just one approach. But in the world of facilitation, you have many different approaches. Okay, so if you follow, for example, uh, if you look at the open space approach, not the technique in itself, but the approach which is behind the open space, it's very uh, different from, from the original approach of some books like the skilled facilitator of this kind of books we, we read in the, in the 90s, in which the facilitator was a person uh, under control that was controlling everything and was able to help the group to, to reach to more uh, important outcomes, you know, increasing the productivity of the group or these sort of things. While, for example, if you use now uh, an approach like the open space, your work is basically to create, to, 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 to uh, create a space and to hold a space in which people can self-organize. So it's not the focus, it's entirely on the process and the, in as a facilitator, you should, we always say you should be uh, really present, but invisible. So you don't have to control things. You have to, to just be there, which is completely different. Okay. And this is also my, um, uh, my learning about what is going on normally in agile settings. Okay. So in agile settings, people that is facilitating in agile, I see a lot of, uh, focus on techniques, on moving on, on being fast, on doing these sort of things. But what I see is missing as a facilitator is more the work, uh, is the presence of the facilitator in the process sometimes. So facilitation is not just, just doing things in a different way, but also it's, it's a lot sensing the group and, and uh, in some way going with the flow and helping the flow to, to find new ways to deal with the, the situation, okay, in some way. So it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult, quite difficult to explain, but it's a different way of leading for me. And in agile settings, I see a lot of people that is moving up, sticky notes, doing things very quickly, very, you know, a lot of beautiful things sometimes, but then you say, what's the meaning of that? And you, I don't know. <laughs> It's this useful, maybe, but this is what I wonder always. Uh, what was the book that you mentioned that uh, you, you felt was, was representing the facilitator as a, uh, as a as lack of control freak? Like uh, there are a lot of books, uh, basically in the past. Uh, so, so you have books like The Skill Facilitator, uh, I, I, sorry, I'm, not, I'm at home, not in my office. So otherwise, I will show you the, the cover of these books. But I mean, the, the idea is that in the past, uh, we had the, uh, the approach to facilitation was more uh, an approach in which the facilitator was the main hub of the, all the communication within the group. So everything was under the control of the facilitator. Any kind of communication was going through the facilitator to each member facilitator was designed the process, keeping the time, uh, dealing with the contents, uh, and, and in some way, helping the group to do things, okay? Uh, 
this approach has changed in the years. And on the other side, I mean, uh, as an approach, you have uh, open space, which I think it's very important in agile world because in agile world, you to always talk about self-organized groups. But then what is a self-organization? What, what does it really mean, self-organization? It's something you really need to practice. It's not something you learn, but you need to practice that because uh, we are all used to control a lot, the group and, and the things. And, and control is something that you try to, to push away and then you find yourself controlling because we, we grow up, you no know, part of our... Uh, we have, we have been taught how to control things, and this is the approach we have always had. Also in the in the human relation, I would say most of the time, while while you really need to to change the way you you act. So uh, uh, in the open space, what you do, you invite people to do things, but then whatever happens is the only thing we could have. So if you invite the team to talk about something, and the team keep on talking of something else. In the original approach, the facilitator tried to, to keep them on track, what is called on track, no? So the, the group. Or in the open space, uh, you just say, this is what they have passion for at the moment. So probably they need to talk about this, no? And even if I ask them to talk of what I think it's important or my client thinks is important, they will keep on talking about that at the coffee break or just out of the meeting because that's where their passion is at the moment. And so in, in that case, the idea is let's bring the passions in the, the meeting, not leave them out of the meeting, okay? Totally. Um, and I, I guess uh, maybe like in the show notes, you can send me like some, and this is for the, for the audience that maybe they have a book about facilitation and they don't realize it's like part of that old fashioned view of facilitation. Uh, but it's not the, only old fashioned, pay attention. It's not, the, the issue is not uh, new old fashioned or new fashioned. The thing is that you, you can have different styles and probably, for example, if you look at Tuckman, the mod Tuckman uh, team development model, no? At the beginning of a, of a team, you need to control more because in that way you ensure safety in the team, okay? But then moving forward, so if you if you are informing or storming phase, no, maybe you need to control more the process because the team in that moment needs this. In this way, you give safety to the team. And then moving on, you need to, to uh, reduce your control and let them people do things. So you and when you you go in norming or in uh, performing phase, okay. So it's not it's not in this way. It's true that the open space came out in 1985 as an approach, and uh, and there was a paradigm shift, okay, because work cafe and future search conference. It opened really a new trend in facilitation, but it's not new old style or new style, is that facilitation can, a facilitator can use many different approaches and, and you need to be aware of this and you need to understand what approach fit better the purpose you you, you have in that moment, mm. okay? I, I think one thing I've seen happening often is the, the facilitator basically making decision for the group like creating clusters, like moving things around, which I, th I don't see fit for that, <laughs> personally. 
And that's, I think, where I was picking up from you, that that was kind of like seen as what was happening in the past. And I'd rather have like, I'd rather know that no one wants to do anything than me putting my mind into that, into that cluster. Uh, so is that, does that kind of encompass what you were saying about like, uh, not really, because I mean, uh, clustering is another big challenge in the, in the agile <laughs> frameworks. And I've seen a lot of people just doing clustering in, in what we will consider not the facilitated way. I mean, but you can do, I mean, that's another issue, no? How you can do uh, clustering uh, in, uh, let's say, uh, a more creative or open way than just deciding this is this, this is this, and putting things together, no? Uh, but it's there the issue is not what is, uh, again, um, new or, or that's there the issue is to be aware that you can use a technique. For example, you have a technique that is called uh, technology of participation, the consensus workshop, in which you have a precise indication of how you can do clustering in a more open way. You know? So for example, one little secret is never name the cluster. You name the cluster at the end of the process, not at the beginning. So first you do clustering, okay? And you use symbols to, to name cluster at the beginning. So just to try to maintain a little bit more open the conversation while if you just say this is uh, uh if you just name the cluster then you tend to go to the old order okay so so it's uh, you use the old frame while you not you are trying to break the frame that team use normally to cluster things that's the idea but it's uh, it's more how the process is designed okay so it's not uh, again it's not you you can lead a group in clustering uh, with the, this idea that facilit the facilitator is leading the group again, or you can just let the group work on their self on, in clustering, and, and, and that's it. I mean, th these are the two different approaches, okay? Um, so you shouldn't create the clusters yourself? As a no, 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 not at all. I mean, what you can do is help the group to reflect, because what is important, and, and this is also what I see when I work with people that it works in a joint setting. For example, what you always do, you, you use a lot of post-it. You write that each team member write down the post-it, then you stick the post-it on the wall, and there is no discussion around the post-it, what is on the post-it, even when you do the clustering, no? So what is important for us is the discussion, because it's it's when you, you start discussing things that you understand the different perspective, and maybe you have new ideas, you learn. If you just write your things on a sticky note, you hang them on the wall, and then you, you move them and put them together without even having checked if uh, the, what I've written uh, that seems similar to what you have written, but we haven't really discussed what, what we mean with that. That's always uh, reducing the power of the, let's say, of the facilitation for, with the group. So the, the issue, it's really using the power of facilitation. No? And using the power of facilitation means basically uh, increasing the, the relation within the team and in the ice man, in the snowman if you use the snowman for example no as a reference in the with with all the figure in the snowman the, the issue is increasing the relation between them getting the information at the source no that's agile at least what I learned 
Yeah, I like the adaptive action what, so what, now what, so, and the five steps from Derby and Larson that have like a guided data step where first you look at the data and first there should be like a, a shared a shared understanding of what the data is. If you move on from that without really understanding the data, you make decisions about things that no one really understands. That's uh... Yeah, sorry, because Enrico, there is a lot about this, no? as a, a bringing the perspective of a facilitator. So, I mean, I see that... One thing sorry, that I wanted yeah. to go back to that, that I think was interesting is the, uh, the complexity. You said like you need an external facilitator when there is complexity. And um, when I was looking at, uh, at your background, I saw that you worked at the University of Trento. Mm -hmm. And there yes. was like, uh, there was this um, Roberto Poli that wrote a, a paper, the difference between complicated and complex in, in social systems. I wanted to touch back on when it's, if you know what to do, you should just do it. Uh, but what if one person think knows what to do and it's not what, like, like you were saying, the group maybe had different opinions. How can uh, someone in the group, maybe a developer, maybe a, a, a scrum master, maybe a product manager, how can that person, uh, and this is kind of like a, a next step thing that practical that people could do to make the group wonder, well, we have two people that are very vocal that think they know what to do, but what does everyone else think? What's the suggestion for, for that person to implement some facilitative skill to have those conversations? <laughs> um, it's an easy question. It's a very easy question. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 real, the real issue is uh, the, the, the quality of the leader in this sense. Okay, because mm, basically if, if uh, someone in a team, which has a, it's a, just a developer, it's someone that is just a team member, each one in the team has an idea of how the solution should be implemented. No, normally it's very difficult that no one in the team has an idea. What is different is the level of power in the team. So some people it has more power than others. No, so uh, uh, the powerful person that is basically also the person that is responsible for the performance of the team uh, can can ever. Um, can just say this is the solution and we will do that okay and if this person is responsible and this this person for me it's also willing to take the responsibility of what he's proposing it's okay i don't mind but you should be aware that each man team member has a, an idea of the possible solution and the first uh, important thing to to understand is that in the team the, there is also the level of information that each team member has uh, can be different. So each one of them is just uh, thinking to a solution on the basis of the information they have. And normally, with leading the team, has more information. Okay, so there is a we call it asymmetria informativa. I don't know the English name. Asymmetry information asymmetry. Okay. So, so one, one important issue is that uh, uh, in the team, you need to share the information, first of all, at hand. And, uh, and, and sometimes even uh, a single member that maybe is doing a specific task and it's just doing that, I mean, can have information that could be important to improve the, the final decision. So 
One idea is that uh, um, it's really a change of perspective. You, you should understand that you're not the power to, to read the complexity and to understand what's going on. This is also why Agile has born, no? just because people was, was de developing software that didn't work or properly or could be improved in any case. So, I mean, so you need to, to increase the number of information you, you, you have at 10 before taking a decision. And this need sharing within the group team members. And then as a, a leader, you should be aware that your solution is one of the possible solution and that may be combining different solutions together. So not just deciding which is the best solution, but using all the solution attempt to, to generate a new solution which combines them, that's the way in which a facilitator should work or a, a facilitative leader should work. So it, getting out from the win-lose perspective means not talking about which is the best solution. <laughs> Perfect. So um, this is a great way to kind of like tailor us uh, to the, the final questions. I, I tend to have like three questions that I ask uh, all, all the guests. Uh, the first one is, uh, what is a book that you're reading right now? Um, the book, uh, one book I'm reading now, now, right now that I love, I mean, uh, I'm reading, uh, I know the Italian title, Addio alle armi, Ernest Hemingway, <laughs> okay. So the, it's far away to, 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 to war, I guess, from, uh, but I mean, one book that is really important for me, it's a, it's a book that is called, uh, yeah, I, I, sorry, Rico, I know the, the Italian uh, uh, name of the book. It's uh, Elogio del Disordine, Elogio del Disordine, which is a book uh, that is dedicated to, to, to people that it's, uh, to a bibliotecari, so to people that it's uh, managing the, the libraries. Uh, and it's about the order so the old way of ordering things and the new order in the in in the digital era, the difference. And I think it's a very important book for facilitators, just because it gives you really an understanding of what does it mean listening, because listening, active listening, means just not making order or or postponing as much as possible the moment in which you order things. Uh, and the next one is, um, I think you mentioned already, like, what, but what is one activity uh, that you used in your um, in your facilitation uh, that worked well, and what was the context? Like a short anecdote. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I, I I use uh, quite a lot of different things, uh, to be honest, but. Uh, um, one thing, for example, in, in the Agile setting that I, I, I find very useful is, uh, is um, uh, how you can do the clustering with a different way. So the, the technique that I, I, I just mentioned before, which is the technology of participation, what we call the consensus workshop, actually. So how you can uh, cluster things uh, in a more creative way by by not naming clusters and doing several different things so that's that's what i do i found really really powerful and when i i facilitate teams i see that they are not used to these kind of things they are surprised by how you can do this in a different way uh, and the final question what is your favorite food if you have to pick one thing 
Ah, okay. Uh, in this period, I am really enjoying uh, the um, um, called the, the the curry, rice curry, and and chicken together. I'm cooking this for the family, and they really enjoy. It. It's a new. It's a new thing for the family we are italian so we are used to pasta to these sort of things while the curry rice chicken it's it's lovely nice i love indian food is it kind of like a spicy curry uh, no not spicy just for the children but it's a, it's a good flavor curry yeah um is there anything that we missed uh, any project in a pipeline for you well, I, I'm, I have several projects for the International Association Facilitator. We are just uh, now piloting the endorsed facilitator designation and what another thing we call the endorsed training program. So that's these are projects I'm doing for this. And then as a, as a, a consultant in this period, I have a lot of projects uh, dealing with the shifting online my ordinary work. So I have next week a couple of meetings with clients uh, in which we, we for the first time uh, do an online online what we are used to do offline normally yeah um, and how can our listeners find you ah you can just google uh, gerardo de Lutzenberger if you wish uh, um, or just go to the website of the international association of facilitator and uh, uh, just check uh, for who is in the board and you will find also my email there I mean our guests share lots of insights and ideas are you going to tweak anything in your next retrospective based on what you've heard today tell us on twitter with hashtag this is retrospective facilitation or leave us a comment on this is retrospective facilitation.com I've opened up a Slack channel, so if you're locked in and want to bounce ideas off other facilitators about retrospective designs or just want to share some stories, you can head to thisisretrospectivefacilitation.com slash Slack. Everyone is welcome. You can find all the links and how to contact Gerardo in the show notes at thisisretrospectivefacilitation.com slash e slash 21. Thank you for listening. This is Enrico Teotti. Till next time.